Welcome to the Every Thought Matters podcast, where I get a chance to talk to people about their thoughts, their journeys, and have a little fun and hopefully learn something about ourselves along the way. So please click like, subscribe, leave a rating, leave a comment, and thank you so much for listening. It truly means a lot to me. Have a great day, and remember, every thought does matter. This episode of the Every Thought Matters podcast features Christina, the host of the Wife Cracking Blonde podcast. She wears many hats, including wife, mother, project manager, film producer, and podcast producer slash host. When you see someone on social media juggling all of that, you want to talk with them to gain perspective. It was truly a fun podcast, and I was honored to have her on. We even did some trivia, which was fun. I mean, do you know how much the first cell phone weighed? She did. Tune into a wonderful conversation. All right, I'm here on the Every Thought Matters podcast with Christina, host of the Wisecracking Blonde podcast, which makes me laugh in inappropriate times. Welcome, Christina. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, I do too. I love your podcast. You're amazing, but that's not the only thing you do. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, probably depends on the day. Um. I do a lot of things. I host a comedy podcast called Wisecracking Blonde, which is like a trivia, comedy, learning, edutainment sort of thing. Um, I also, as my full-time job, I'm a project manager for an IT company. I'm, uh, I have a kid. I have a husband. I run a film production company. I design t-shirts. I do a lot of things. <laughs> right. Very busy. I, it's kind of why I wanted you on my podcast because you... Oh are very inspiring because of all these things you do. And as you know, and we've talked about it, but my listeners, I was a film producer once too, and I've had my own film production company and made a bunch of films and all of that good stuff. And, mm. you know, I hold the podcast obviously, cause we're on it and yeah. I've, but I don't have the parent title. I don't have the kids title or the marriage title, but wow. Where do you find time for all of this? Where do you find time to manage all of the thoughts around all of that? Um, you know, honestly, I don't. I'm very moody when it comes to what I want to do and how I want to do it. Obviously, the job and family thing, that's going to be a consistent thing. Um, but even with the podcast, when I got to a point where uh, I just wanted to take a break, I just took a break. I didn't. I don't feel a compulsion to force myself to be busy all the time. Um, and so I do it when it's fun and I stop doing it when it's not fun. Um, and with a, yeah. And with a production company, it's, uh, I only take on projects I actually want to do. And so that sort of thing gives me energy, but I don't just take on any person who wants to come hire us for work because, uh, it's draining if you're doing so much work and it's not that fun. Um, I agree with that as a former film producer, it's, you've got to, and producers, you know, we have to buy into a project and buy their heart and soul into it because you're going to be family for how many of our weeks to get yeah. that thing from script to screen. Yeah. I started producing probably four or five years ago at this point. Mm -hmm. um, I had no idea how much work it actually was. Like it's ridiculous the amount of work that it takes. And I used to be very critical of um, 
when you watch the credits on the movies and there's like 400 different jobs, I'm like, you need a guy to hold a light. Come on, get a life. And then you like are on set and you're like, no, I need this guy to hold a light. And then I also need another guy that's going to tape down the cord. And I also need another guy that's going to turn on the light. Like it's just, uh, it's much, it's much more work than I think people give it credit. And the correlation between the both of us too, is I had a a career, excuse me, a career in IT for 25 years. And I did project management in the middle of that, some project management, a lot of software development and I've worked on ERPs and things like that. But I found it so interesting that it was easily translatable to being a producer. Uh Uh-huh. Well, that's how I got recruited was because- Yeah, I got recruited to produce my first short film as like, a, oh, Christina, you're good at managing projects. You're good at, I was a branch manager for 15 years. And so there was like, a, oh, you're good at budgeting. You know all these things. And so that's how the first project I ever did was just a short film for a friend of mine that was um, trying to get into film school. And so we uh, pre-proed that for probably three to six months. Um, just for a three-day shoot, but he wanted it exactly Perfect. so. And so, yep. yeah, it was a good time. Um, but that was definitely how I got brought into the project was, oh, you're a project manager. This will be super helpful for us. Right. You know, you don't need Gantt charts for film producing, but in some sense, you actually do need Gantt charts. They're, you do. They're, <laughs> it's kind of weird and, and it's wonderful. And that's what drew me to you. And that's why I wanted you on my podcast because we kind of come from similar backgrounds and yeah, you, I kind of really want to zero in on your podcast because I'm going to tell my listeners, I was listening to it on, I ride my bike to work four and a half miles one way. And a listen to a podcast mm-hmm. is a great way to pass the time. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm listening to your nineties one the other day mm-hmm. on my way home and I'm shouting out answers. I'm on my bike on the sidewalk, riding home, no, Talking to nobody, but I'm shouting out answers. <laughs> that's Good. what I knew. That's when I knew you had something magical because yeah, I wrote down a bunch of things like, okay, I, and this was after, you know, I knew you were going to be on my podcast. I'm like, wow, wh- what was the genesis of that? What did, where, why trivia? I think trivia is really good because it's entertaining, but why that? You know, uh, I'm sure, you know, I was on a show previous to this, um, and it, uh, when I decided to go my own direction, I wanted whatever I did to feel valuable. Um, because the show that I did previously, super fun, hilarious every episode, but there was no real contribution that we were giving aside from the entertainment. Um, and so I wanted everybody to have like a takeaway, like whether it be a fact or a tidbit or something that you were like, huh, I never knew that. Uh, because I think it sticks with people when they're, when they're learning something or there's some moment of clarity where you're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea that that thing existed. Um, and I'm a nerd by nature. I mm-hmm. love trivia. I was like academic bowl league champion. Like I'm like, I, t- <laughs> yeah. I spend I spend a ridiculous amount of time being a nerd. And so I. Right. Um, so that's, I didn't never think I love people who accept the fact that they're nerds or they're geeks. Cause I always, some people think that's bad. And I'm like, no, that's good. I love being a geek. I broke yeah. my first computer when I was a kid long time ago. Yeah. 
I love that well, though. Yeah. I think when we were growing up, it was like a four letter word and now it's much more common and acceptable and people are supposed to be weird and unique and have their own things going on. And I just think uh, I was raised in a household where I don't care what people think. And so I had the benefit of just being a nerd my entire life and not even being worried about what people thought about it. And so at this point, I'm, uh, I'm a nerd by nature and a nerd by choice. So it's nice. It is because I still go back and I know you might not remember this question, but that you had a question on one of them and the number of glasses in being used in a Harry Potter film. I can't remember what the answer was. What was, do you know the answer? It was like 2000. Right. It was around 2000. Mm -hmm. Because I was trying to describe to my, right. I was describing (laughs) your podcast to somebody like it's trivia and it's no, it's not who is the director of, you know, the Godfather. It was, it's how many glasses did Harry Potter wear during the shooting of a movie, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's a ridiculous number. That's, I love those kind of weird, obnoxious facts. Me too. And I think that's uh, because I research for all of my shows to find the facts that I'm going to use. And I'm always shying away from the ones that feel like more common sense or um, just minutia. I don't care who directed things. My husband's also a filmmaker. He's real into who directed it, who wrote it, who was the cinematographer. I don't care. But I do care about what the Nimbus 2000 was made out of because I find that interesting. Like, oh, we just found a piece of plastic and we spray painted it. And then this is what we used to make our broom. So um, I'm much more interested in that stuff than I am in yeah. any of the other generic sort of trivia. Well, and that goes with what I think what drives you. And just as you started off the podcast, and one thing that I teach my clients as a coach is it's got to fascinate you, whatever it is. And mm-hmm. th- those types of trivia fascinate you, you know, and I I was shouting out answers, you know, all my yeah. way home. And I just, I looked at that and I go, she's on to something here. <laughs> you know, it, well, Good. yeah, you know, and then you have, you know, for my listeners, they don't know if they haven't listened to your podcast, you have the screaming goat, which I asked politely you to use that because oh. I, I love that little thing. <laughs> and, and I remember you said, Something to the effect that you posted something on social media somewhere where when that finally came in and you were so excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I found this on TikTok. I don't know if you're a TikToker, but I have become obsessed with TikTok. And there's a, a common thread of like finds from Amazon that you don't need. And this was one of them and it was a $10 purchase. And so I, I ordered it. I got, was super excited to get it. And then when I did the first video, cause they're actually out of order, but the the first game show episode I did was the one with the two guys from powerful podcast. And uh so, so I was just winging it as I was putting it together. And so my first thought was like, Oh, I need a, some sort of indicator and just grabbed this thing. Cause it was just one of the decorations on my, my set deck. And, um, now it's like become part of the show. (laughs) It's like, it's it's great. Yeah. And we'll get to use that in a bit because I've got a, a little bit of trivia, obnoxious trivia for you waiting okay. just to test you. Yeah. So, but I love me. You have such a fascinating journey. Have you always just, I don't know, you reflect back to me, my curiosity about life and why things work. Have you always been like that? Um, Like what? What do you mean? Like. 
Well, if you're fascinated by the number of glasses to me that Harry Potter oh. wore in a film, that and you're not fascinated by who the director and writer is. It's more about like, I don't know. I I think you have that curiosity gene, and you talked about if you don't do it, it's you're not going to do it. If it's not fun, so that drives some of your curiosity and some of your fascination. Were you always fascinated how like that? throughout your life or is this a new thing? No, I definitely, um, I'm a big reader. And so I think that that by nature sort of, uh, forces you to be creative. And I think that that's, um, probably based on my childhood. It's probably a thing I threw myself into as escapism, but then over time you just, you're much more developed mentally, I think. And from a creative standpoint, if you're just constantly taking in information. So, um, I've always been a goody two shoes. I've always wanted to be the smartest kid in the room of my entire school career. I always wanted to be the smartest one. And so I think that that sort of developed as a need for validation and has like transpired into, uh, now I just have fun with it. And so, uh, we do game nights and all that stuff with my family and with, we'll invite friends over and all that stuff. And typically a lot of it is like, brain games or something to engage um, where you're giving clues, giving answers, getting that sort of like positive reinforcement. That's really cool. And I never thought of it about that way because it is. And that's the first time I thought of it that way because I'm kind of like that in that sense and where knowledge for me is a way to to escape. And I'm a a voracious reader as well Mm -hmm. and mostly novels because I love the, the thought I can go and play with my imagination. Like I, I'm looking at a book on my wall over here called The Lost Man, which is set in Australia in the outback. Mm-hmm. I've never been to Australia in the outback. I don't. I didn't Google any pictures before I read it, and I just I came up with that what the visuals were based on what the writer was doing, and that helps. It's a curious thing, so it helps your mind go and you go, "Wow, I wonder what that's like," and then you go and look at what the out then I after I finished a book I went and figured out what was the outback was really about what it looked like and mm-hmm. it was fascinating how different it was from what I drew up in my head. And it seems like you have that same kind of wiring, if you will. Yeah, I've always been uh by nature curious. Um there was a period of time when people referred to it as nosy, but I think there's more of a an element of, I'm curious about people as well. Like I will a hundred percent of the time, if I'm with somebody, I'm just asking them questions um, because I want to get people to talk about themselves. And because I'm curious about how people get where they are. And as a filmmaker and as a storyteller, that's a thing that I don't think people, I don't think people realize how much work goes into telling people stories, whether you're a filmmaker or photographer, whatever the case, or an interviewer in this case. And so uh, everybody has a story and if there's a reason why people are how they are. And I'm super fascinated how we, how you got to this exact spot. And so, um, being curious, being nosy, it's also helped me in my career. I was in, uh, the position that I was in was like a heavy sales position. And so being able to get to know people and understand what they needed and why they needed it. And then being able to sort of navigate, uh, tactfully to ask questions that were that can feel intrusive sometimes um Mm -hmm. it's definitely a a muscle that i have worked over the years 
Yeah, it sounds like it. And now you, that translates into this really funny podcast to me also, because it does translate into humans and being able to relate to humans when you come up with, I don't remember was the biggest grossing film of, in the nineties was Titanic. Right. I think according mm-hmm. to your show. Yep. And I, I kept thinking of that James Cameron one. I thought that was in oh, the, Avatar. Yeah. I thought Avatar was, yeah. but that's probably in 2000 probably. Yeah. Right? It came out in the two thousands, which I only know cause I was researching for a different show. <laughs> Coming <laughs> nice. soon. 2000s. Coming yeah. To, <laughs> right. Good. Good. I love it. Cause yeah. If you ever do one in the 1980s, I'm your guy because I just I love that's that's my era. That's when I was in high school. So uh-huh. perfect. So, then, yeah, I'm I plan to do them all at some point. Yeah, I think that's neat, yeah. though, but I love the obscurity. And I like the fact that you take that time to go and find those weird little facts, you know, and yeah, for me, that's entertaining. That's entertainment. But yet, like you said, you wanted something that we could walk away from, like that little piece of trivia about Harry Potter, like there's a Harry Potter coffee shop in Corpus Christi near where I live. Cause that's like about 40 minutes away, but there's a, literally a Harry Potter, you know, and I could walk into there and go, mm-hmm. you know, and tell them that piece of trivia. And I think yeah. that's neat. And that it's fun. Yeah. I think that uh, like, if you ever watch the YouTube version of my show, the intro um, I call those shows uncommon sense because I wanted everything to not be what people would already know. Otherwise, what's the fun in that? You're like, yeah, I just reiterated the things that I already know. Um, And so I'm trying really hard with the, right now I'm on on the decade series. I'm trying to do things that would be uh, commonly enough known that people would say, oh yeah, that's right. Uh, But not commonly enough where it was just like Avatar, I feel like is a a give me question because it's still the Mm -hmm. top grossing movie of all time based on the research that I did. and so stuff like that, that I'm like, oh, it's super interesting, but also I want to put out stuff that people won't necessarily know right away. Right. Like, in, yeah. Like I have the, the movie, uh, It's a Wonderful Life, and it's actually a, a 25th anniversary or something like that. And they had a behind the scenes and they talked about filming it. And that's where the, that kind of trivia was nuance to me because they filmed it in the desert in the middle of the summer what it, right <laughs> were those just right. backdrops yeah because it was cityscape right because it, it was somewhere between la and and san diego in the oh. valley somewhere and they they made it look you know good and they did this whole thing about it because and the cute little piece of trivia about that film is that the only reason why it became popular is because, as you as a filmmaker know, your rights only, you have to keep extending your, your ownership of the rights. Elsewise, you know, it becomes mm-hmm. public domain. And that's what happened with it. It's a Wonderful Life. It became the public domain in oh. the late 50, 60s or 70s. It became into the public domain and television stations didn't have to get permission to show it. So they start showing it and that's when it became oh. so popular little. Mm-hmm. And, but that's kind of the premise of your kind of show because it's nuanced things like that, as opposed to, yeah, yeah I know it was, you know, uh, what's his face and all of that, you know, I'll, but Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. Jimmy Stewart. And I can't think of her yeah. name, but you can come up with that, but you can't come up. That's why I think your show has 
some value and I'm kind of propping it up because I just think people should, they should listen to me. You know, like you said, it's uncommon sense. I like that. Yeah. And I don't watch the YouTube side of it because I'm, you know, I don't have the time to watch it. I have the time to watch sports all day, as you know, from my Twitter <laughs> account, but not YouTube. Uh-huh. Yeah. My husband's exactly the same way. He will sit with videos running because he does animation. And so he's just like keyframing all day long. And he will sit with a video running all day on his computer and then just be keyframing away. And I'll say, hey, have you watched my episode? And he's like, oh, no, I didn't have time. (laughs) He literally has videos going all day. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. But yeah, I'm I'm running a new segment this week. It's going to come out um, that is basically a competition between me and the listener. And so you actually, when you were like, oh, I was shouting answers on my bike that actually made me really excited because that's what I'm hoping for is that people are like, I know the answer. I'm going to compete. I think everybody has that in them where they're like, I want to be smart. I want to know that I'm winning this thing. And so, uh, the new segment that I'm creating is called beat the blonde or best the blonde. I think I changed it, um, to where, uh, my husband is actually hosting for me. So he is asking the question and then we're doing the goat. And then I have five seconds to answer and it's basically for the listener to compete with me so that they can see if they get the answer, if they get it faster, if they get a higher score than I do, cause we'll go through 20 questions. And then at the end, we'll do a tally for my score versus their score. So it should be fun. I think it should, that should be like a gong show score kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it didn't go well for me. The first few episodes. I'll tell you that. It's, it was okay, not good. It's, it's all right. Till, but that's, to me, that's what's fun because I, a like I'm right. If you're into gym and you're working out, and I would love it to see people in gyms like going, "Oh, Avatar!" You know, uh-huh. like really loud, and the people behind them. That's to me. I know you have something special there. That's part of the reason why I wanted you on the podcast. And just I love the fact that we have a lot in common. But yeah, I want to see what that genesis was for this because I just think it it is something special, and it's unique for me a unique format yeah thank you um yeah I uh I think part of it developed as well because I'm all I also love podcasts I typically listen to murdery podcasts and so those episodes will be an hour an hour and a half two hours long and so eventually I zone out like I find myself not even listening anymore and so I was really hoping to find something more engaging that you were sort of required to do a little bit of work to feel like you were interacting with the show. And so, um, yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm glad that it's resonating with you. Cause that's, that's ultimately what I was hoping for. Well, yeah. And now, you know, your upcoming one with your husband, I can't wait for that because yeah. I'm going to make sure I listen to that on my way home. Cause that's just what I'm going to listen to then. Yeah. And I'm going to see pretty if I can excited. do it. Yeah. And it's fun. Yeah. And it's interesting too. And I, it's very engaging. And you make it a lot of fun. Plus, you just have this natural laugh that works so well with your guests that I think kind of helps bring them down to relax and just enjoy their their time on your show, though. That's what I've yeah. felt. Good. Thank you. Yeah, I uh, I am naturally not shy. And so uh turning on the video or whatever the case may be, doesn't impact me. I long before I did this, I would guest on other people's shows and I just show up and I'm like, well, I am who I am. And you obviously invited me for a reason. And it's (laughs) been 
interesting to see how many people you start recording and they just like shut off or they become very professional or they're everything is like, it has to be just so, and I'm like, now just be yourself. And it's really hard for a lot of people. So, um, so yeah, I, I laugh so much that I will edit out my own laughing because <laughs> believe it or not, you hear the edited version because I'm like, man, I just need to shut up. <laughs> it's too really? much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Well, no, that's a wonderful a- problem to have. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing is I only like to do it when it's fun. I put out the first few episodes and then, um, my husband's kids came to visit for the summer and I just decided like, I don't want to put in the work. I'm not interested in doing it right now. So I just put everything on hold for a couple months. And then when I came back, I was like, Oh, it's fun again. So I'm going to do it again. And I know there's a lot of, when you're a podcaster or you have a show, people like, Oh, consistency is all that matters. Just put it out consistently and get a fan base. But I'm like, no, I'm doing this because I want to do it because I think it's fun. The minute I start doing it for everybody else, then it's work. I don't want work. I want to have fun while I'm doing it. And then when I'm not having fun, I'm just going to put it to rest for a little bit. Right. There's an end game there. And that's good. And that's what I like. And to your point, also, I had one person and I kind of delve into deep spiritual stuff and that kind of stuff, depending on the guests and Mm -hmm. All she was was an inner peace coach, and that's all I knew, and that's all she gave me. I just knew her from uh, Instagram, literally. I'm like, wow, okay. she's really smart. And it happened to be just this great podcast because she didn't care. The light came on, and she just – it was it was amazing. And that's what I love. There's sometimes when you get those guests where that light turns on, and they just clam up. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. I want you to be you. It's a conversation. Yeah. It's not an interview. Don't worry about it. Just- yeah, that's yeah, that's how I approach all of them. It's interesting, though, because I've done the same thing where I connect with people on social media and everybody puts their highlight reel up. You know, it's like you see all the best parts. Um, and then sometimes you'll talk with people and you'll be like, oh, I had no idea who you actually are. I knew you from the social media persona. So I've had a few of those where in conversation, it just did not go the direction I expected it to go, which is sometimes exciting because you're like, oh, I had no idea. And then sometimes you're like, oh, I had no idea. (laughs) And it like goes a different direction where you're like, well, I might not be able to use this because this show is supposed to be like upbeat and snappy and serve a certain purpose. And this person is not meeting that need. Yeah, I agree. And I, I don't really, I, I'm like you, this podcast is fun. This is a blast for me. This is my drug of choice. I swear it is yep. it's the best thing for me. It makes me happy. I really enjoy it. Yep. And I just let the conversation flow. And I always try to put my guests at easy before they get there. My next question though, before I get to some trivia is how, how do you manage everything girl? I mean, you're a wife, a mother, <laughs> and you're a film producer and Project management in IT, I know is a lot of work. I've done it. How do you do all of this stuff and yet still maintain some sanity and a great sense of humor and still research your podcasts and all of that? How do you do all that? Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, I, so after a long time of being a branch banker where I had to like go to a place every day, I had convinced myself that there was no time for anything. I used to go to work, leave work, pick up my kid, come home and then just do home stuff. Um, and I started working from home probably 
a year and a half ago, because I took a new position, I took this position um, and it has afforded me so much more flexibility to like right now I'm just in my office. So I just transitioned from work computer over to podcast computer and now I'm doing my thing. Um, so having wow. that flexibility is super helpful. My uh, husband is amazing helping me with editing. Editing is the bane of my existence. I hate everything about it. I will do it and I know how to do it but I hate it. And so he's super fast at it. He's done it for a decade. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he can throw together something much faster than I can. And it takes the pressure off of me to be stressed out about that thing. And so, um, I have a lot of help. I have great support system. My kid is amazing. He's so self-sufficient. Like, I don't feel like I'm that stressed out all the time because I, I think, I have good systems in place and I have good people around me and nothing ever feels too stressful. So you maintain a, a, some good sanity around it. It sounds like you get, it's a support system, but yet somehow you manage your thoughts just to go, this is not stressful. This is fun. And I think if anything I can take away from this is do it because it's fun and it mm -hmm. becomes, if it becomes a job, then don't. Yeah, that's my entire life motto aside from my job. But I'm the same sure. way with everything. I'm like, if I'm working out and I'm starting to feel like I'm not into it, I'm just going to take a break for a minute because uh, I'm part of, so stupid analogy, I'm part of a reading club. Um, and people are constantly like, oh, I started reading this book. I'm 150 pages in. Should I finish it? And there's like this whole discussion. And somebody was like, don't waste your time. If you're, if you don't like the book, just don't finish the book. Like there's, you're under no obligation to finish the book. And for whatever reason that resonated with me where I was like, oh yeah. Cause I used to do the same thing. I'd be like, well, I'm already halfway through. I should just finish it. But the amount of time that you invest in that thing, you didn't want to do like, just go do what you actually want to do. And so, um, I think that's how I keep it fun and light is I only work on it when it feels fun and light. And the minute it starts feeling like work, if it's not work and I'm not getting some sort of paycheck for it, I have zero obligation to continue pushing through when I'm miserable. There's I'm, I'm an adult. I do what I want. Makes no sense. I love it though. That, and yeah. that's why I think that we kind of all get to enjoy that on your podcast because that comes through in the way you run your podcast too, because you find so much joy in these obnoxious little facts and that's fun yeah. and i love that though i think that's yeah. why you're successful why you've got something i personally think you got something very special in that podcast it's a unique format for me yeah that's part of the reason i took a step back from the other show was because it felt like work it was like mm -hmm. a full-time job and uh, i didn't like feeling obligated to check things off the list and do the chores and all that stuff. Um, so this feels much more fun and creative and light. And that's what I've been hoping for the whole time. So I'm really glad that you recognize it and see it because I'm really hoping that that's what's coming out. And I don't, uh, I don't typically get a lot of feedback on it. So I'm just in my own loop of like, well, I hope it's good. Or if it's not good, oh, well, <laughs> so it's nice to hear people are like, oh no, it's working. The thing that you're doing, I find entertaining. It's very entertaining, and I find that it's working, but I'm also in my podcast head going, that's a great format, neat, because mm. I've mm -hmm. got, you know, another podcast that's just been percolating in my head for probably three or four months, I just haven't found the right co-host for it yet, but I'm going to do it, because I, I just think it'd be fun, because I, mm -hmm. it, 
do stuff that you like because I love sports and I love t- I have watched so many TV shows in the last few years and somehow I got to combine both of those into a podcast and find the right host that knows a little bit about both of those things and have a fun mm-hmm. podcast and just talk. I love talking to people and connecting. To yeah, them. I think that was in the beginning, my intention was to find a full-time co-host that I felt like I meshed well with. And this, uh, the strategy I have right now is I just have probably four or five friends that I just have a great time with that were willing to come on that I just keep on rotation. And so for exactly two different segments, uh, aside from the best of blonde, but there's the game show episodes, which are becoming my favorite because they're like fun and short and I get so many more facts out. And then there's the actual co-hosted conversational ones where we have a specific topic and we're talking about it. Um, and so I just, I love having my friends on that are just a good time. And we talk like, those are the ones where I typically have to edit myself out the most because (laughs) for example, the first episode, the sports trivia, I was laughing so much. I was annoyed with myself listening back on the edit. I was like, Oh, I need to, I cut out so much laughing because I find Brock freaking hilarious. And so his whole, the whole time I was just cracking up and I'm like, Oh, this, I just need to tone it down a little bit. And so I love having a great time. Like that's, that's the whole point, right? Like that's the whole point. And so we're not getting paid to do this. May as well have a great time doing it. Right. And find the right people that do it to do it with and let Mm -hmm. it go. And yeah, that's, that's freedom though. And Mm -hmm. most people seek freedom from so many different things, but that's freedom. You just start and you just do it and do it your way. And I don't get too worried. Like with my podcast, I don't get too worked up in about all of the stuff, but it's for me, it's freedom. Cause I get to just do it. However, it's mine. I get to do it however I want Exactly. to have whoever I want on it. Yeah. And so I do the, I do the same thing where I'm like, I have other show ideas percolating where I'm like, Oh, I could try something like this. Or, oh, I could do something like that. And right now I'm uh, starting the scripting of doing a scripted podcast, which I think would be a lot of fun, but so much freaking work. And so that's like a, as I get around to it slowly, but surely, but um, it's really nice having a hundred percent creative freedom. And I think that's why when I pick film projects, I only pick what I want to do um, because it's just not as fun, like bringing somebody else's vision to life um, or producing a story where you're like, eh, it's okay, but the story doesn't really resonate or doesn't hit hard. And I'm such a, cause I'm a reader and a writer. Like I love the storyline. Um, and so yeah, the ability to just be like 100% creatively free. I want to do this thing. I want to schedule this person. I want to talk about whatever the hell I want to talk about. I think that's why the podcast platform in general has taken off is because people realize that uh, it's cathartic to just be able to put your creative thing out in the world and then see what happens. Yeah, there's like when you're a host on a radio show, you've got a producer and then but you got the executive producer and then you got people selling ads and then podcasts i tell people it's really easy it's not rocket science you know even though today was kind of rocket science because we had a microphone problem but <laughs> you know whatever so we're going to finish up this podcast because i know you got to run and i've got three questions for you okay trivia questions all what right was the, what was the weight of the first cell phone how much did it weigh? Oh. If you get it right, you can do the little goat. Do I get a range or no? 
I'm going to say two pounds, pound and a half. Oh, one and no. a half pounds. You're right. Two pounds. Do the little <laughs> oh, go. Oh, really? Do the little go. Yeah. Two pounds. Exactly. <laughs> oh, wait. This thing is so ridiculous. I love I that it. thing. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. The second one. What was Madonna's first number one hit single? Oh. Like a virgin? Nope. Or like a prayer? No. Wait. Yeah. Just like a prayer. Like a prayer? Nope. Oh, what was it? Holiday. Oh. Yeah, I know. I would yeah. never thought that either. <laughs> right. Right? Yeah, it's, yeah. It was probably for the era appropriate, but that's never right. a song that I'm, yeah, resonated. You don't think, and yeah, I remember the song, but it, for me, I would, I would have, I thought I would answer that, you know, with Like a Virgin, because I always thought that was her mm -hmm. big one that broke, but Holiday was it, according to some website. And the last one isn't personal to me, but what and I had, what sleeper film of the 80s, the typical 80s film, had the tagline, I want my $2. And there's no I multiple choice. Two, uh, <laughs> I'll give you the lead actor's name. How's that? Okay. Yep. Uh, I'll take it. John Cusack. Hmm. I didn't expect you to know this think. at all. And it's not saying anything, right? I don't remember him doing nope. anything else in the 80s. Oh, wasn't he in another one where he was really young? Yes, he was in high school. Was it... it wasn't Fast Times at Ridgemont High, right? No, uh, you know who was in that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. Was See, he yeah. the lead? He was the lead in this, this movie oh. that... Okay. This kid chased him around in the entire movie saying, I want my $2 because he was a paper, it was a paper route. Oh. And this movie, it's a cult film called uh, Better Off Dead. Oh, I've heard of it. I've never seen it. This okay. is the thing. This is the trouble with my knowledge. It's very uh, at a surface level. And so I know a whole bunch of little things that's the surface level of a lot of topics, but anything in depth, I'm like, ooh, not my yeah, area of expertise. <laughs> well, you had, but if you were to say, what was the best 80s movie of John Cusack, you would say, say anything, because we all know about the boombox standing in front of the window, uh -huh. right? Right. We know that. So, but that's what, like, Better Off Dead is like a cult classic for me. And there's so many great things about that movie i always yeah there's a black camaro in it at the end and that car is the car i've always ever wanted the 68 camaro just like that oh. yeah mm -hmm. but it's that's one of i watch that movie at least once a year and that's why i brought that piece up that was oh. three questions but i love it i'm glad you're here i know you've got a heart out here at the in a couple of minutes and i do yeah. appreciate you even coming on today and talking to me i'm fascinated by your story but I'm proud of you because I love your podcast. It's great. It makes me laugh. makes me think. Just, Good. you know, I didn't yeah. know, you know, looking up the weight of the first cell phone, I didn't know that, which is like, whoa. And yeah, I remember my first me. one. Yeah. yeah. Great. And anything else you want to tell people how to find you, you know, where your podcast is, all that kind of stuff. So they can yeah. have a... So they can track me down. Yeah. Um, yep. I'm wisecracking blonde on 
almost every platform. So Twitter, Instagram, there's a Facebook account, um, as well as all the podcast platforms. And I'm also on YouTube as Wise Cracking Blonde. So uh, as far as I can tell, I'm the only one, aside from some actress from the 30s who apparently was referred to as that thing. Um, and so uh, it's relatively easy. You can also just visit my website, wisecrackingblonde.com, and that has links to everything on there as well. So uh, I put out new episodes every other Tuesday. Um, and we'll see if that schedule sticks. If I still like it, then we'll stick with it. Uh, and then Best the Blonde will come out uh, next Tuesday is when it's scheduled to come out. So keep keep an eye out for that. And then let me know how you like it. And let me know if you're beating me at this. It was not good. I'll tell you that right now. My husband was interviewing me and he was like, oh, I expected you to do better. <laughs> like me too. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. And one last time, I want to hear that screaming goat again. Just that makes oh, yeah. me happy. It does. It, right. I have. <laughs> We also have a yodeling pickle. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. I love that. That makes me happy. That's one of the happiest little sounds ever. So (laughs) keep up the good work and I'm looking forward to the next podcast. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. You have a great day. Thanks, Kelly. You bet. Bye now.